The Notary's Unsealed podcast is brought to you by the Notary Success System and Captivated Notary Marketing Solutions. Coming up on this episode. Well, y'all should just know, you know, you're an adult, you're grown, but what they're forgetting is that. There's a huge difference of when I work directly with a signing service company or when a lender called me directly. If the fees that the notaries are being charged is going down, what about the fees that the signing services are receiving? Real smooth this time. We know the breeze unsealed. Uh-huh. This my everyday life. Yeah. We know the breeze unsealed. Ooh. Every day I hustle out here living it right. Let's go. We know the breeze unsealed. Put the stamp down and stop in front of the mic. Here we go. Took the game over. We yeah. home now. We soldiers. Riff, Matherin, and cue the podcast. You can't hold us. Y'all heard the word. Uh-huh. Y'all heard the word. What's going on, Notary World? Welcome back to Notary's Unsealed. I'm your host, Quentin Smith, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Uncle Griffin Mathman. Say what's going on to the people, everybody. Hey, what's up, party people? We having a good time tonight. Yes, let's do this thing. All right, what's going on, folks? Hope you guys are having a great day. Awesome. Yeah, we hope you guys have had a great week since the last time we talked to you. Uh, we are really excited for this episode because, we're, man, we're going to be talking about the middleman. But before we get to that, Griff, how's your week been, man? Ah, good, good, good. Yeah, it was a little little touch and go here and there with some um, last minute signings, late documents and stuff. But um, overall, everything's been good. Everything's been good. Money's flowing in, so I'm happy. Get that money. Get that money. Matthew, what's up, man? Man, not much. Everything's been good. You know, just um, as we spoke last time, uh, making a sh- quick shift, you know, going to, you know, trying to lock into some real estate in the next couple months just to see how things goes. But beside that, you know, yesterday went well, kind of just hang out with the kids. And then tomorrow is the first day we're back to homeschooling. That's what's up. The kids excited? Oh, yeah. They're ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. And, you know, I've had a productive week myself. Sign is coming in. A lot of general notary work coming in. Um, as you guys uh, out there in the notary world have seen, we've been marketing this thing uh, as much as we possibly can. And we definitely appreciate all the love that we're, that we're getting currently from the, uh, the notary world. And, you know, some of the conversations and responses and comments that we've gotten, um, are, are very genuine. We truly do appreciate them. Uh, we share them amongst each other. So, uh, just thank you, uh, f- for, for really, uh, taking on to the notaries unsealed. And we're happy that we could be, you know, insightful, thoughtful and, uh, entertaining. And I'm glad that you guys are enjoying listening to our friendship because we're definitely enjoying uh, sharing it with everyone else. So uh, thank you. You know, I think we can give it up to the uh, to our to our fans. there. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Really appreciate that. Um, All right. So as I mentioned, today we're going to be talking about the middleman. And by middleman, uh, since we're all notary signing agents, we tend to work with signing services, right? You guys work with signing services, right? Correct. Yes. All right. So the signing service is the middleman to what we do as notary signing agents. Now, the reason why we're discussing this topic today is because we're in a time in the notary world where 
we are experiencing a lot of influxes with notaries and the signing services themselves and the expectations that the signing services have on the notaries and the expectations that the signing services are getting from the other side of the equation, which would be, you know, your escrow title companies and the lenders and whatnot, right? So we did some research and we, we pulled two articles uh, from the internet. We're going to use these articles to guide our conversation through the middleman because this isn't going to be a, you know, signing service bash type of podcast, right, fellas? We're not doing that. No, of course not. Really. No, I mean, ultimately, we all have to work together. And there are some really good signing services out there. And we appreciate, you know, the communication that we get and the uh, the exchange of business that we're able to do. You know, there, there are definitely some great signing services that are great to do business with if you are a notary signing agent out there. Um, and you'll run a lot across a lot of them on SnapDocs and, and Signing Order and a couple other places. Griff, you got any other? Do you have any uh, any golden little nuggets out there for people to sign up for that they may not know of? Um, well, one of them, <clears throat> and I mean, you, you sort of work, well, they're like a signing service called Nationwide Signing Services. Um, it'd be um, nssnotary.com, nssnotary.com. And the cool part about them is that when you sign up with them, you become fidelity approved. So you got to go through the process. Now, the one thing I tell people and the people who take my notary success system I talked to them about this. So y'all get in the gym. I normally don't tell people about this, but you know, not that it's a really secret, but you know, you gotta be right and exact with them. The payment, they offer the e-checks and the ACH, but they charge you a dollar 75 for every time they deposit money into your account. So I just have them do the e-checks because I'm keeping every penny that I can make. Absolutely. <laughs> that makes sense. All right. So uh, the article that we are going to be looking at today is from uh, accountlearning.com. It's called the top 10 arguments against middlemen. Should middlemen be eliminated? I promise you, this is not a bashing of the signing services. We're just going to look at some of the things that uh, middlemen are, are supposed to be held to and kind of what each of us individually have experienced. Okay. And that's where we're going to start. And then the next article it's called uh, The Advantages of Eliminating the Middleman. I promise you, we are not talking about uh, bashing any of the signing services. We're just going to look at this, this complete mathematic equation of services that are being offered to, uh, you know, business to business um, services that are being offered to each other and just give our assessment of what we see. All right. So without further ado. <laughs> Number one, cost of distribution. So it says middlemen hike the cost of the product, which is reflected in the selling price. The cost of distribution increases in view of the presence of middlemen in the market. The entire burden finally falls on the consumer. Now, this doesn't directly apply to what we're seeing from signing services, as in they hike the cost of the product up. What we're right. seeing is something actually in reverse where the price of the product is going down for us correct yeah that is correct yeah i see the price going down and and then when you ask why well part of the reason why is because of the errors <laughs> that the notaries are making you know um and i talk about it a lot you know no that's where the middleman they the middleman sometimes can fight on your behalf 
but you can make it hard for the middle person, that middleman to fight on your behalf if you're not doing things correctly. So if you're doing things correctly as a notary, it makes it a little bit easier for the middleman to demand or even request. I won't necessarily say demand because it seems like they're forcing, but request an increase in revenue for the fact that they got good quality people. So if you have a good middleman and you have a good end product user, that's us, that can empower them to be able to do it. But then you do have some middlemen who, no matter how good you are, they're not giving you what you should get, <laughs> period. Yeah, which is, which is uh, you're absolutely right about that, Griff. And I feel like another thing that affects as far as the, the prices that we receive is the fact that when, you know, the entire market gets flooded with new notaries and, you know, those same notaries, because they are so new, they do not understand the value of the work that they are providing. Um, at the same time, the main reason why they don't understand the value of what they are providing because they are miseducated. See that, that they became a notary based off an ad that they watch on YouTube or somebody else who is posting it on, on, on Facebook. So having a, a group of, you know, a flood of brand new notaries also affect, you know, the price that, you know, those of us who are providing great services to those companies will be getting because once a new group of notaries comes into the business, they are accepting a lower fee. So let's say the average fee was like $75. That's just an average. I'm just using this as an example. And then we get a group of new notaries that comes in and they start accepting it for $35. So now that just changed the entire game. Well, here's the question that I have when it comes down to the fees. Now, if the prices, if the fees that the notaries are being charged is going down, what about the fees that the signing services are receiving? You know, that's not something that we often, that actually we, we never really get to see in, until we're looking at, you know, the CD, right? Um, yeah. And that's not always listed there, but, you know, what is the expectation from the lender and the other side of the equation, the title company and escrow companies, when they're paying these signing services, you know, what are those fees in correlation to what we're getting paid? And I kind of think that that should be, um, that should be open for us to view. I mean, it's just like if you go to a car, or go to buy a car and, you know, you can agree on a price, but then before you even, you get a chance to sign all the final paperwork, they show you the actual price of the car and what that price costs, or what the price of the car is. And you have to sign off that you saw it. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> You know, I kind of feel like that's one of the things that, you know, yeah, fees are going down, but there's not really a clear explanation other than, oh, there's errors. But if there's errors, why is where where is the money at in all of this? Where's the are you pocketing the money for the errors? And for what reason are you increasing your insurance for our errors or not? Because I, I'm pretty sure that comes back on us. So if you're pocketing that money because of errors, how does that make sense that you're going to continue to receive the same money from the other side? And yeah. I, yeah. And then the question becomes, am I one of the people who are doing the errors? Because if I'm not <clears throat> the source of the error and you're getting good work out of me, then pay me what I should be paid. And that's what I hear from a lot of notaries. It's like, Hey, you know, 
I'm putting forth every effort. I know what I'm doing. I'm not causing any problems, not causing any errors. I'm doing all the stuff I'm supposed to do. But because you want to go across the board and drop the price, you know, then I'm suffering, you know, then I have to suffer because of that. And I do know from, you know, conversations I've had that some of the signing companies, their prices have been reduced. Um, okay. Yeah, that some of the signing companies have been, um, their prices have been reduced. I've heard stories where some signing companies, um, they get presented with an opportunity to have a certain amount of work sent their way, but they have to keep their fees that they pay us at a certain price point. So, you know, and I think one of the big issues is that because we're 1099, they're going to say, well, we don't owe you the right to see what we're making because you're not an employee of ours. And to be honest, that sort of opens up the other door of the 1099 because Mm -hmm. as a 1099, then you can't necessarily dictate how I do my job because, you know, that, that, you know, cause sometimes they're telling us exactly how to do everything, you know, send us the documents back in this order, that order. Uh, that's not what you really hired me. For. Yeah. You know, you know, they have the, uh, uh, we need a picture of the documents, uh, bef- you know, sitting on top of the package inside of the package. Then you have to put the label on and after it goes in the little envelope, then we want the entire package taped up and then you have to take a picture of that taped up. I'm sorry, you can't tell. Well, you're not going to get paid. That's not how 1099 work. Right. Because you're hiring me primarily to do the job of the notary. And now if I, for some reason, don't get the product to you, then yeah, but you sh- I don't think, a no- you know, we should be punished for not taking pictures of every single step of the shipping process. Because once I give you the shipping tracking, yeah. then you know, then you know everything else. But, um, but, you know, back to, you know, the, the, the dollar amounts that the signing companies are getting paid, I do know some of them are less because, well, you think, if you think about it and, you know, Q, you was in the corporate world like me mm-hmm. and one of the companies I worked for, they were more of, they had this incentive base, like, Hey, we got these prom, we made these promises that if, um, you know, our workers would do X, Y, Z. And if we hit these metrics, then we'll get paid this extra money. Right. So if the signing companies, if they're not hitting those metrics, meaning the notaries aren't shipping stuff out on time, doing scan backs, you know, the error rates are too high, the trailing docks aren't getting done, that's affecting their money. Because if they're doing, you know, sort of like that old that Master P um, contract he did back in the day for one, I think it was Kellen Winslow or somebody. And it was all uh, Ricky Williams and Ricky all of that. Williams it was deal. all incentive based. Mm-hmm. Instead of the Ricky Williams deal. Yeah, it was all incentive based. And then the person doesn't perform. Well, in my opinion, I think one of the things that's missing is that if the signing company has made certain promises that notaries should or will be performing a particular way, which makes it hard since we're 1099 and you really it's I mean, when you look at the legal legality of 1099, you need to let us know. Right. What the expectation is, because in my mind, the expectation is go there, get the paperwork, notarize, sign properly, date it properly, ship back. Right. And yes, common sense will say, make sure you scan this, that and the other. Yeah, of course. But if there's other things that you have communicated to them, then I think that stuff needs to be put out clearly 
to the notaries. And and I've heard some signing companies like, well, y'all should just know, you know, you're an adult, you're grown. But what they're forgetting is that a lot of these people, because like what Matherin was saying, the influx of new notaries coming out of a W-2 mindset, they don't know the business side. Right. And nobody's teaching that whatsoever. Nobody's teaching that aspect. So now you have an expectation that's been made from the signing company owner to their client, which is the title and escrow and lender. And we don't really know. Yeah. See, there's a big gap in communication between the three levels of getting these loans processed properly. And, you know, there's no, there's really no communication from signing service to notary. Uh, and I'm not sure what kind of communication happens with the title and lender companies to the signing services. I'm almost guessing that they find the signing services the same way that the signing services find us. That Yeah, most likely. You know, and that they have direct clients, but then they also use a service to find a signing service. Yeah, which is true because I, I feel like based on my experience, as far as I've dealt with a direct lender a couple of times where he had reached out to me, you know, the escrow officer had reached out to me through Instagram and he had hired me for um, this assignment. So I feel like from my experience, when I'm dealing with an escrow officer, um, the communication is there between the escrow and the notary. However, when I've dealt with signing services, seem like that's where the miscommunication happens. It's like the the lender, they are telling the signing company one thing and then the signing services are telling us another based off what you know, based off their own guideline. And now we have this miscommunication of how certain thing needs to be run. And I and I can only speak on that based on my experiences. I'm not saying every signing company is like that, but from my experience in the past five years, there's a huge difference of when I work directly with a signing service company or when a lender called me directly. So it's a huge difference. Yeah, I think my, my smoothest signings have been working directly with the lender. You know, knowing exactly what their expectations were and mm-hmm. being in communication. I mean, I've had better luck getting in touch with tough to reach, you know, um, signers. You know, the lenders can generally get to them extremely quickly trying to go through the signing yep. service that takes forever yeah it does it does if and then you especially an if you have to call back yeah i was just about to say that if you have to call them back and you know the last person you spoke with is not available then you gotta leave a message look i've had i've had signing in the past that probably should have taken me maybe an hour an hour and a half where it was two 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 hours deep into it you know, I couldn't even get a hold of the representative from the signing services. So not all signing services are bad, no, not at all. but, you know, as as notaries, we are going to run into those very few that, you know, it's absolutely horrible. So you have to know how to deal with it. And that's where your communication skill comes about. If you doesn't know how to behave in a professional manner, yes, you were um, 1099, you're on your own business. But once you accept that signing, if they are asking you to do, hey, okay, this is all guideline, regardless, you know, once you accept that signing, you have agreed to it. But at the same time, if they are not providing you with the resources 
in order for you to find success, then you need to be able to communicate, hey, this is what's going on. Like, how can we fix this? If, and if it cannot be done, it's either you can cancel the signing or complete it and just, you know, put that signing service company in your radar. You know, maybe maybe it's a, a company to avoid or try to do less work for. So that's what I've done in the past. And one of the things that, because, see, I've had some great signing companies. Um, like even recently, I had a signing company, and they're a more established one. Um, they're not what you would call the mom and pop. And they, when they got the documents, they reviewed the documents and contacted me and said, hey, um, these documents aren't right. Such and such is wrong with them. And we've already reached out to the lender. But then you have some signing companies that they're basically a, a pass through. You know, they're not going to review the documents, anything. They get the documents from the signing company. They upload them or they give permission to the signing company to upload it themselves. And that's it. So if there's anything wrong with the documents, you won't know till you get them. And then, you know, you're trying to communicate back to them. And and here's a, this is what I'm seeing. You have people who don't want to go out here and do the the notorial work, the running around, printing documents and all of that. And they want to get people doing more work for them. They want to expand their reach and, and, and get more people doing stuff for them and all of that. And I'm fine with that. But I think sometimes they don't realize that they are now dealing with other people who's not necessarily in the right mindset to provide them the necessary support and proper behavior that they're looking for that can make them look good. You know, um, they're not aware or they're not looking at the possible roadblocks or speed bumps that could come across, you know, the, the lack of sending documents on time, the person who's working two jobs and trying to do the notary business and you got them doing a signing for you at eight at night. And then they make a mistake and you want them to go back at about before 10 o'clock the next morning. And they're like, <laughs> I'm on a, I'm on the truck driving. I'm at the school, you know, teaching class. I can't. And those kind of things they're not taking an account of. Right. And it's, and it's sort of backfiring on the signing company, you know, and then like with the instructions, the lack of communication, a lot of people are just like, it's in the instructions but I've had a situation where the instructions said one thing I'm looking at the order and what the instructions say doesn't match with what the order is saying. You can't get a direct answer from anybody. You ask them, Hey, dot, dot, dot. And this is where the critical thinking skills that I try to teach in the notary success system comes in so that when you're out here on your own, you can sort of figure this thing out as to what you need to do to the best of your ability right. And then make the right decision. And then everybody's happy with you. Now, the signing company may not be your favorite, but you could end up being their favorite. <laughs> so you may not like the way they do things, but they're happy that you was able to get the job done because they're bootstrapping it. You know, it's the husband, the wife and two and a half kids running the whole signing company. Right. <laughs> and that's why you're not getting a phone call versus a bigger signing company such as a, a old Republic or a Villa title or the closer who's a lot more established and they got a whole team of people. 
No, you're absolutely right. I actually, um, I dealt with this, this one signing, this one signing services. I, I'm not going to mention the name, but they're down in probably, I think, the New Jersey area. And it was just a one man show. And I believe it took me about nine months to get paid. <laughs> because this, because, you know, he was pretty much avoiding me every time I reached back out to him in regards to payment. And one of his excuses was, oh, I'm the only one that's doing all the signings. I'm busy. And I'm like, no, it's, we agreed. I think it was a net 30 at that time with, you know, with his company. And he was like, well, again, I'm the only one that's doing all the signing. I'm a one man show. Yeah, I get that. But at the same time, as a signing service company, you have to honor your word. You have to keep your, you have to keep your words based on your contract with the notary. Right. And that leads us to our next, uh, bullet point from this article that we're going to hit and that's a poor after sales service so in the case of durable the attitude of some dealers particularly when after sales service is required irritates the buyers some of the dealers do not extend the courtesy extended earlier at the time of sale so i think that kind of ties into a little bit what you were just speaking about matherin as far as you know we can start the uh, the signing with a smile and everything's great as long as I'm getting done what you need done for you right now at this moment. But on the follow through, you know, now we're sitting at day 35. I, ain't, I haven't received any type of communication that payments were held up. Like, yo, what's, what's good? <laughs> Where's my money at? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Nah, which is, which, you know, to most people, Waiting 30 days is long enough. <laughs> In my case, I had to wait nine months <laughs> until that one signing company Sheesh. sent my check over. <laughs> nine months, bro. No, you, you know how Gary was talking about going postal. Yeah, that's, that's extremely uh, long time. Oh, man. Now, one of the things I've recently heard was um, that some of the signing, some of the title companies are starting to pull away from some signing companies because of a lack of communication from the signing company to them as to what's going on, you know, where the documents at, scan backs, so forth and so on. And that's even after we've done our part. So my assessment, again, the small companies, the small, I used to be a notary, now I'm a signing company. And they hop in there, <clears throat> and let's just say they offer a very good price. They they don't know they don't they're just not ready for it. Sometimes some of the companies not ready for right. it, and sometimes people and this is goes back to the, the the human nature. How you act in the business sometimes is exact identity of what you do outside of business as a regular person. So when pressure gets on you, if you shut down. And you avoid dealing with stuff when things you'll do it in your business because that's because your business is you. You're the business. And all of a sudden you got all of these issues and you need to communicate. And some people just shut down and don't say anything. And everybody's like, OK, what's going on? Where's my pay? Where's the status of the documents? So forth and so on. I thought you had these scans done. I thought you had this done, dot, dot, dot. And that person may not be able to handle all of that. So then after the sale, after they've done their part, they're not communicating with anybody. 
Yeah, you know, I think one of the biggest problems with dealing with the middleman is communication. I think we've said that over and over and over again so far this pod. And, you know, with any relationship, it, it's key. And so what we as notaries can do to help this relationship be better is always communicate, you know, what our intentions are, you know, having a clear understanding mm -hmm. of what the assignment is from the get-go. You know, when you are calling to confirm or if you, um, if the signing service calls you like SignX or something like that and they call you just to confirm that you can do it, um, you know, have the order open, look at the order, make sure that you verify the things that are in front of you with them so that way there's a clear expectation so there is no miscommunication about what it is that you're supposed to perform. Yeah, yeah, communication is key. Um, I tell notaries all the time, here's where the notaries can really help the signing company out, especially a new company. One of the things you do is if you're coming into a problem, a lot of people just want to hop on the phone and call them. If it's just a one or two person operation, and of course you may not know this, what you can do is use the tools that are within signing order, signature, snap docs, and send them back a note via that way through the um, the little chat window thing or the messenger message tool that they have in right. there and they get the email. But what I've heard a lot of notaries do, new notaries, they're like, I've been calling them and calling them and calling them. I'm like, did you, did you send them an email? No, nah, I ain't got time for that. I'm like, you should have sent them an email. You have to create that paper trail, you know, right. especially right. like, so one of the things that I like to do, and this paid off a lot for me um, two weeks ago, and the company actually ended up paying me, even though I didn't fulfill the order, they paid me more than I was going to get for the order. From the very beginning, I told them, you know, based on the time and where this appointment is located at, um, I'm not, I'm probably not going to make the, the, uh, overnight drop off because scan backs are included. I said, I'd have probably a five minute window if everything was to work perfectly to get the, uh, the documents there. But I let them know that ahead of time. And guess what ended up happening? I wasn't able to get there. And so the next morning when, uh, they, they contacted me and they said, well, where are the documents? We see that the FedEx tracking number isn't showing. And I said, well, I wasn't able to get the documents there. The signing didn't start on time and we ran into some complications. And so at first they were a little upset and then they checked that message that I sent them. They said, no, you did notify us. We'll talk to the lender. You're fine. Just make sure you drop them off in the morning. Uh, drop them off a little bit later on today before, you know, the last uh, shipment goes out for overnight. Yeah, that that right there, that right there is key. Having that paper trail, I'm sure you guys remember that. Um, you know, a couple of months ago, when I had this client who reached out to me regarding her loan modification, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, I remember. Yeah, when she was, you know, flipping out on me, saying that I messed up her loan modification, never sent the document. So because I had that email, because right after I met with them, I scanned back the documents, and then the next day. I scanned back the document. It was around like 8.30. Scanned it back to the um, signing company. Then the next day, I went to the post office and mailed it, certified mail. So because I had proof of that via email, I was able to, um, you know, send those to her. Now, then she realized, okay, the notary did not mess up my, uh, as far as me getting funded. It was the signing company. 
Of course, signing company never reached out to me. And then a couple of weeks later, they had another order, most likely for somebody to go out there and redo the signing. They sent it to me, but I declined it. Because if you're not going to take responsibility as a signing service company for when you messed up, then there's no need for me to associate myself with you. No, you're absolutely right. And, you know, we have that mm -hmm. right as business owners to choose who we associate with and who we don't associate with. And, you know, and this, the, the whole middleman is probably the reason why, the number one reason why I don't really champion uh, being a signing agent as much. For me, it, it, it adds a layer of complication to a, to a very simple process. Like, I understand why they exist. Um, and I'm very thankful for the great signing services that I do work with, right? But they can also make things a little bit more difficult, and it's a lot more difficult than how I really want my business to be ran. And that's the decision that I've made for my business, you know, and everybody's business ain't the same. And these are the decisions that you have to make for yourself. You know, you don't have to be a slave to doing something that you don't like doing. If you don't like having to communicate with signing services, then go direct. But you have to understand what you're getting into when you think about going direct, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a lot that goes into that, but that's just not something that me, myself, I, I don't like doing a lot of. Now, I do it because I'm not going to turn the money down, right? You know, with, with how slow it's been, I don't think a lot of us are in a situation to turn down a whole bunch of signings that we see coming through because those alerts aren't coming, you know, every five minutes. No, you're right about that. I mean, because... Even, you know, I've had signings recently where, you know, the documents have come very, very late. And normally I would just be like, OK, well, I'm going to let another notary do it because it's coming too late. But now it's like, all right, fine, you know, I'll go and do right. it. But, <laughs> you know, it's like, yes, man, I was like, you know, and I don't and most notaries would be like, well, you're going to have to pay me more. I don't worry you know about why? that. I mean, I just go ahead on and get it done. Come on, Griff, um, you got to say it. Say it. Come on, say it. Say it. Because you get off your couch for 60. I get off my couch for 60. <laughs> Need a house for 60. So, that's right. You know, nah, it, it, the communication is key from the notary standpoint. And I think part of the problem, well, here's one of the problems. I was told this by at least two or three signing companies when I first started and I was asking questions. They... I don't know who they got trained by um, or who they thought I should have gotten trained by, but they were thinking that the questions that I was asking, I should have known the answers because of whatever training I took. And I was like, no, I didn't get trained on this. That's why I'm asking you because I want to make sure I'm doing it right. So their expectation sometimes, what I'm what I was told was that we expect the notary to know everything there is about how to notarize the document and and all of that. And I was like, okay. So cause when I first started, there were some questions I had about the notarial area that I didn't understand. And <clears throat> in their mind, they was like, You should know this. You know, why are you asking us? And I was like, because I don't know it, you know, and that's what pushed me toward learning notarial law and making sure that I understand exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, because I learned real quick. Yeah, the way the, the way it was told to me, we are hiring you as a notary. You're the expert. So you need to know what you're doing. 
I said, got it. You won't ever hear from me again about anything concerning notarial anything. And I've never asked them anything about the notarial nothing. The only time I deal with them about notarial stuff is when they want me to have a FK, you know, sign, you know, like Lisa Jones, FKA, Lisa Smith. And the person doesn't have the proper ID in both names. That's the only time I call them concerning something notarial because I know they may not know it themselves. So I will bring that up. But other than that, I don't quit. That's why I go to the NNA, get my answers from there and keep it moving. But when you learn as a notary to recognize when a company is a mom and pop company and those small companies, I'm not being disrespectful when I say that. But when you have a mom and pop company versus somebody like Villa Title, Old Republic, The Closer, Coast to Coast, you then got to find a different way to operate with them because they're dealing with things a little different. They have a lot less staff. Sometimes, like like what Matthew said, it's just one person. So if you can recognize that and figure a way to help them and by you knowing what the heck you're doing with the notarial part, it empowers you. So if the only questions you have for them is, hey, does the title company want these blank spaces filled in because I don't know what goes there? And the signer says they don't know. So is this something that they need to be filled out now or is it going to be filled out later? That kind of stuff. I've never had a company come back and say, why are you asking that? They're okay with that because it's something dealing with the documents above the signature line for the signers. But the moment you start questioning them about below the signature line, the notarial area, our stuff, that's when they're like, okay, you might not be the notary we want. That's your domain. It's supposed to be your domain. Right. And then sadly, sometimes some of the signing companies, the big ones and the small ones, have tried to get an answer from the title company and the title company never responded. So I just had to do the best I can. But back to what we said a few moments ago, I had a paper trail where I typed out, emailed or whatever. I have this question. I need help, dot, 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 concerned about this, that, and the other. And if they came back and said, hey, why didn't this get done? I say, take a look. I request it, but y'all never responded. And they look and they say, you know what? You're right. My apologies. Can you go back out and take care of it? We'll pay you extra, whatever. Sure, no problem. I'll go take care of it for y'all. And that's how it's worked out for me. So you can find a way to work with these companies <clears throat> as the, the middleman. You just got to open your mind up and your, and your business acclimate up. Yeah, and, you know, it really goes back to what we talked about last week um, about, you know, having the skills and being able to read the room. You know, it's more than just reading a room. It's being able to read a situation, being able to read a business agreement, being able to read a business relationship, um, understanding where everybody's standing at in the moment. And the more you sharpen your skills at that, the better off you're going to be doing, the better off you'll be doing business in general. You know, you'll you'll be able to move a little bit more swiftly and, and, and have better business partners and, and make better business decisions when you start to understand where everybody's standing in the equation. And it, it, I would think for myself, 
this is this has been great but i look at you know these these dealings with you know 1099 and you start to understand the chain of of reaction cause and effect here you know understand what the equation is you have lender you have signing service you have notary you have signer understand all phases of that and how each one affects each other and master where you stand in the equation you know must be be the true professional that it's going to take for this job to get done at your level of the equation so i want to move on to our last portion of this article that we're going to discuss um and that is no faithfulness as a connecting link between the producer and the consumer the middleman is supposed to be faithful to both he has to convey the suggestions and complaints of the consumers to the producers and also pass on any useful information conveyed by the producers to the consumers. Not many middlemen faithfully carry out such duties. That's packed full of, well, yeah, yeah, I would hope so. Um, and the very end is, yeah, I think that's kind of what we're all seeing is not many middlemen faithfully carry out such duties. And I think the most... uh the thing that stands out to me the most there is, you know, the middleman has to be faithful to both, you know, and I think right now in the notary world, what we're seeing is the middleman is being faithful to uh, neither themselves. themselves. They're being faithful to the money <laughs> um, and the money for them is coming from the lender. So they are very lender uh, specific, lender heavy. And, you know, when we are struggling and we are waiting to receive documents from the lender and whatnot, you know, if we are in a situation where we're waiting to the last minute, but we have other things going on and we have to cancel and we're like, hey, we got to go, um, you know, we can't we can't do the signing as planned because the documents still aren't ready for me. And I have to go to other signings that I informed you about prior to us getting to this point, you know. You're seeing signing companies that are blacklisting notaries for stuff like that. That is correct. Yep. And um well go ahead on Matthew. Yeah, no, I feel like um I feel like they are more lender friendly um uh, because you know they are trying to um you know they they are trying to remain in a good position with the lender, which I understand to a certain to a certain aspect at the same time, just like you just read, they have to be faithful to both parties. So if the lender is not giving the document on time and the notary has another appointment that they need to get to and the notary cannot reach the signing company, I feel like in a situation like this, some signing companies, they may not want to be constantly reaching out to the lender because they don't want to seem like Oh, we don't have this notary and check. You know, this notary is telling us what to do. So they might, they might be looking at it to that aspect where, okay, we're not going to bother the lender. They'll just send us a document when it, whenever it's ready and we'll pass it along to the notary. Whereas for those of us who has multiple appointments, if you have to cancel, now they are looking at you like, why are you canceling the appointment? And, and most of the time when I've had to cancel appointment and when if I end up speaking with someone with the lender, they never know what's going on between the signing services and the notary. Right. And, you know, I've yep, had true. I, I, I've had experience where when I was working with that that lender directly 
And when I, you know, spoke with him, then he he used to tell me about some of the, his experiences going through signing services. And one of the reasons why he had reached out to me here in Massachusetts, um, because he had a client that was in the Boston area at that time, but he did not want to go through a signing service company because he had um, bad experience with them. So that's how he came across my account on Instagram. Then we reached out. So it might be a, it, it might be a situation where the signing service want to appear as if they were in control by not communicating with the lender. No, you're right. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, man. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Faithfulness because, <laughs> shoot. I mean, I've had some signing companies, and again, it's not even the big ones. A lot of times it's the small ones, the ones, you know, they're just starting out trying to expand and do a little, you know, another stream of income. You know, their attitude is like, and and I've said this on my channel, on the YouTube channel, Griffin Notary Services on YouTube, that what notaries need to realize is that our client is the signing company. Right. And that the, the client of the signing company is the title escrow people. And then the, the client of the title escrow people is the lender. That is the actual progression. That is the whole chain of command. Right. A lot of notaries are looking for the signing company to be faithful to them. But the signing company is like, you're, you're not a W-2. I'm faithful to the people who are on payroll, who I'm paying unemployment insurance for. Right. So I still believe you can get a signing company to be faithful to you and respect you as a notary and as a business owner when you do things correctly and you come at them right. Absolutely. But there's notaries who have been told if the documents aren't here, by, if I got a four o'clock appointment, if the documents aren't here by noon, I'm canceling. <coughs> and what people keep forgetting is that this here industry is a last minute industry. Everything is last minute with them. Yep. So you're looking for this stuff to come two, three, four days, sometimes hours ahead of time. And you're right, Matherin. They're like, well, I don't want to keep bugging the title company or the lender for the documents because that makes me look bad. But here's the thing. Inside of the contractor agreement that we all sign or we agree to on signing order and snap docs, at least, it says a lot of times documents can get to you as early as two hours before the signing. So when you call them talking about, get, you know, this, that and the other, they've already told us how it's supposed to be, but how many of us have read that contractor agreement? Back to you, Q. Yeah, you're absolutely right when it comes to reading those agreements. And it sounds like we might have a little bit more to talk about, but we're going to take a quick break, guys, and we'll be right back. Stay tuned for a word from our sponsors. The Notary Success System is the notary industry leading face-to-face -face loan closing training on the market. You are actually conducting a mock loan closing with a full set of loan closing documents. At the end of the training, you will have the confidence to conduct any loan closing you are assigned. Go to notarysuccesssystem.com and choose your date and time. Peace. Do you need a little help advertising your notary business? Captivated Notary Marketing Solutions helps you better build your business locally. It's the only service we offer. 
created by founder Quentin Smith to assist other notaries be successful. We offer affordable solutions like unique custom logos, premium digital ads, and multiple options to help you build your social media presence. Visit us online at www.captivatednotaryms.com. Subscribe today and get captivated. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Notaries Unsealed podcast, and I hope you guys didn't miss us while we were gone. Uh, yeah, you guys were only gone for a minute. We were gone for like 15, and it was a great break. Uh, and while we were on that break, we got to talking about uh, some of our favorite snacks, and I came up with this great idea for us to talk about, and uh, it's food that we enjoy when we are having a busy day and we're out ripping and running these notary streets. You know, what snacks do you like to pick up or do you have certain spots that you like to go? Um, if you know, if you're in an area, you say, oh, I got to stop at that place. Um, so for me, uh, when I'm running around, so out here in Pennsylvania, uh, you know, I'm out in the suburbs and I drive into a lot of, um, of old towns, old steel towns and stuff like that. And a lot of, a lot of back roads. And I always come across diners. So one of the things that I really, well, two things that I really enjoy are French fries and chili. So a lot of times when I go to a new town or, you know, I've traveled a good bit around here. So there's some, I, I've, I've acquired some favorites, um, I'll, I'll stop into the diner and just get a plate of french fries and a bowl of chili. That might seem weird, all right, but don't judge me, okay? I, I enjoy a good bowl of chili. I like to try p different people's chili. Sometimes it's really, really good. Sometimes it's, it's, it's you know, on the spoon, I taste it, and, you know, no thank you. We, we put that <laughs> thing, we push that thing over to the side. Um, and, you know, I'm a french fry connoisseur. And I've loved French fries since I was a kid. I think one of my first words was French fries. Um, and when I was a consultant uh, traveling around the country, that used to be my thing. I'd go to different cities and I'd say, hey, who's got the best French fries around here that aren't fast food? And I would go try all these different restaurants and just eat their french fries um so that's one of my little weird quirks that i like to do when i'm out on the road what about you guys do you have anything uh, yeah, yeah well i'm okay well cq that's how I'm, me and you are a lot of like because i love me some french fries also i'm gonna tell you because even when i was in the navy we used to have um brunch on sundays and on Sundays, man, they had always had French fries, curly French fries, mm, straight mm, French mm. fries. I love French fries. I mean, I got plenty of French fries here fries. in the house. I love French fries so much. I will take a raw potato, skin it. I got a potato slicer, slice it up. Those and are the best ones, potatoes. though, especially if you <laughs> get them like thin and they're almost like uh, potato chip thin. <laughs> yeah, and you get a mm -hmm. little, little crunch to them. Yo. So when I'm out... <clears throat> Um, if I need something to eat real quick, I'm hopping on my Chick-fil-A app, clickety-click, order me some fries, and the people be looking at me weird when I go in there. They're like, that's all you getting, fries? That's all I'm getting. That's it. I mean, that's yep. it. That's all I need, french fries and, a, and, a, and some water, and I'm good to go. And um, and that's that's my thing. you know. Now, I have my 
I love potatoes, period. So I eat mashed potatoes, potato salad. Um, you know, even while we've been recording, I've been hitting the mute button, chomping on my chips and everything tonight yeah. and all of that. Um, no, the potato is a great vegetable. I mean, not only does it make French fries, it makes mm-hmm. potato chips, and it also makes alcohol. So, you know, I think I've seen a meme that, that mentioned that yeah. the other vegetables aren't even trying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, if I have time to, like, if I'm a, if I'm swinging home, I will actually, um, I have little cups of rice. I just one of those um, minute rice, and um, I love rice. So in other words, I oh, love yeah, starch. Yeah. I love starch. So I will, I will just eat me either French fries throughout the day or a cup or a couple of cups of rice, and I'm actually good. And then I eat something with some meat later on in the evening. And so, and then if I don't really feel like eating any one of those, that's when I'll um, take some yogurt with me. You know, I have okay. my yogurt, eat that. And then like on Fridays, you know, I got my fritters, but then I also like to swing over and treat myself with a bento box. And, yeah, um, man. The bento boxes hit the spot, bro. I know. I know. They good. Wait, and do if you I get don't, Sammy? What, what, what do you get in the bento? I get the um, chicken teriyaki with the um, chicken teriyaki rolls. Okay. They actually, yeah. yeah. And, um, and the dumplings. Good. All oh, right. Yeah, it's good. Oh, I love me some dumplings too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they, as soon as I walk in, the lady there, she already know what I want. She'll say, you know, chicken teriyaki rolls or bento box. <laughs> she just tell me which one you want. I just, That's how you know you be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm serious. So, I mean, now... There's a one thing that I will get every now and then. There's this Greek restaurant. And if I'm on a particular side of town during lunchtime, I'll swing over there and get um a gyro from them. Okay. And um and there's a good and you, and, you um, go lamb, right? Yeah, I go lamb. I okay. go lamb. Make sure. I will get theirs and man, that thing is good. And then if I really want something to snack on I swing by Whole Foods, and I love stuffed grape leaves with the um the rice in there and everything. Oh yeah, those are good. Yeah, so stuff like that, I'll I'll grab up. Um, every now and then I might eat some you know some sugary stuff, snacks and stuff. But when I'm out, I'm I won't say I'm necessarily eating healthy. I'm just not eating real a whole lot of fatty foods and stuff. Um, but every now and then. You know, I treat myself like I did a couple of days ago to a um to a milkshake, and man, man, that milkshake was on point. It was salted <laughs> caramel Ooh. and um chocolate truffles at the bottom. Yeah, boy, man, I was on such a sugar high. I think it was like at four o'clock I ate that. I didn't come off that sugar high till like ten thirty at night. <laughs> yeah, I, I get like that with the uh, the Oreo McFlurries because mm-hmm. they cheat. Yeah, so I was I was hyped. What you got, Matherin? Oh man, look. First, I have to agree with the fries. Um, definitely have to agree with the fries with that. And another thing I like to get, based on um, the area I'm at, onion rings. Like get some onion rings. Oh yeah, onion and rings in the spot too. With the onion rings, sometimes I get it with barbecue sauce, but it's um, fries, onion rings, are like my go-to, especially if I'm in like new areas and they're like this mom and pop shop that 
has a great reviews, so I usually try to, you know, give them a call ahead of time. Yeah. And something about onion rings, man, I just love onion rings. And <laughs> should my wife be like, every time we go somewhere, you got if there's onion, look, I will tell them, look, can I substitute the regular fries at time for onion rings? And they'll just look at me weird. But the onion rings are good. And also based off, like, if I'm in my area, depend which section of town I'm in, there's a restaurant, it's a local Haitian restaurant called Sir Marie's in Fall River. If I stop by there, I need to get goat. <laughs> you get you the know, goat, huh? Yeah, I get some fried goat. And they also make this um, this natural juice. Um, my One of my favorite is a soursop. It is amazing. So if depending where I'm at, if I'm in the north end, I, I'll either get the soursop drink or some goat. If I'm out and about, I'll try to pick up some onion rings. Wait, what is soursop? You have to explain that. You can't just like run right by that. Oh yeah, like soursop. That's talking about the soursop tea. Uh, yeah, they have the tea, and they also have they also have the plant. Right, so yeah. it's like mm-hmm. so once you get the plant, what you can do once you peel it off, you can blend it, you know, and then you make a you know it's a juice. It's like it's a great like great health. It's I want to say it says. Um, some of the benefits fight off um, the inflammation, also um, cancer prevention. So soursop is one of those things where if you can add it to your daily intake, um, it'll be greatly beneficial to um, to your health. So if you ever at a Caribbean um, market and there's a soursop um, there, I'll highly suggest that you get it. And then if you need help with it, just let me know. But that is, <laughs> that's one of the drink where if I go somewhere, they have it. I have to get it. Well, I am very proud of the both of y'all for being healthy <laughs> conscious because I'll be riding around with gummy bears and gummy worms. <laughs> I don't even care. <laughs> Especially if I'm driving more than an hour away. Like I need, I need something to keep me entertained and I need some, some type of flavor or something just to keep me interested yeah. in that long drive. So, you know, hats off to you fellas for being um you know healthy conscious me i eat like a trucker when i'm out there i don't care i'm i'm stopping i'm getting french fries <laughs> chili uh you know give me a cheese dog give me a donut give me uh, <laughs> just go through the line um no, i'm just i'm just joking um i do sneak in you know apples i i'm a big fan of apples grapes strawberries oh um, i hate apples that's no, fine. They hate I you like too. Apples. It's all good. Pineapples, I love, and I, I love, love mango. pineapples. Like, oh, I love mango mangoes. Yeah. For some reason, I cannot have. So here's the weird thing, right? It's weird. I can. I love apple pie, but I cannot eat an apple straight. I cannot bite into an apple. Ever since I was a kid, never. I never could. Never. Like I've tried it once. It was just not my thing. I hate apples to the fact that. Now, when I get them for my kids, they're like, Dad, you want something? I'm like, get that thing away from me. Like, <laughs> like I cannot bite into it. I don't know if it's a texture. I just can't. It might be a consistency thing, man. Like, I hate yeah. watermelon. I, I don't like any melon. I don't like honeydew. I don't like cantaloupe. I don't like watermelon. I don't like the consistency of it in the way that it feels when I, when I bite into it. And it's not that much. It's not dissimilar from an apple. It's just there's something about it I don't like. Yeah, I'm saying, yeah. yeah. Now one particular only now I don't I like seed grapes I don't like these seedless grapes, so one of the grapes that I get, um, and I think it, it's about time for them to come out now. Yeah, 
Uh, muscadine grapes. Muscadine grapes? I haven't had those. Oh, yeah. Muscadine grapes. Those things are nice. And those grapes are actually what people use. My mom used to make um, her own moonshine with those. Oh, for real? Yeah, they got a high, high sugar. High Hmm? sugar. They're very sweet. Oh, very, very sweet. And they normally have like three three C's in them. Have you ever had um the cotton candy grapes? Mm-mm. Nah. Yeah, so up here we have cotton candy grapes that have like a cotton candy flavor to them. Um, the kids love them. I, they're, they're a little bit too sweet for me, but it's just the weirdest thing. I, we ain't had no cotton candy grapes when I was growing up. Oh, man, yeah. shoot. Yeah. Nah. Yeah, them yeah, muscadines, man. Them things are good. What I color mean, are they? They're like a um a light green to sometimes purple color, and they got different types. Oh, yeah, so I just pulled it up right now. I know exactly what you're talking about. I yeah. just never knew that was the name of them, but those yeah. are pretty good. Oh, yeah, those <laughs> things are good, man. And I remember when I was a kid, my mom would have distilled water, and she would put yeast and sugar in there and have all these grapes at the top, and then she would strain it. <clears throat> and she made her own moonshine. She never let me taste oh, it. Oh, those! Yeah, those. Yeah, those are those are amazing. But yeah. The, um, oh yeah, the, those are good. The seeded grapes are good, man. That's one thing that I we always try to get is seeded. Anything that says seedless, we don't buy it. Like, how do you have a seedless watermelon? That doesn't even make sense to me. How oh, does that <laughs> I just found out, man. I had just happened to see something on on the internet a couple of days ago. And they said what they're doing is they found a way to make the plant sterile so it doesn't produce seeds. So the watermelon got a vasectomy. Yeah, basically. Yeah, they take the plant and they make it sterile so when it grows, it doesn't produce seeds. I do not that, like this yeah. at all. We need to go so, backwards. Step away from <clears> the technology. Yep, so that's why I hit the farmer's market up, and um, I will throw down all those muscadine grapes. I get a whole bunch of them, put them in the refrigerator. I don't make any wine with them, <laughs> but I I will chew on them. Don't give me any them. idea. Don't give me any idea. Look, I actually have I have two bags of seeded grapes right now, red globes in the fridge right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you yeah. could probably do it with any grapes. I mean, but she used to take those things. And, and she used to get mad at me because I would just sit there and just eat the grapes and, and stuff and all of that. And she would sit that jar up there in the sun, let that sun hit it. I know yeah. her, and her, her and my pop and everybody else used to be partying it up and <laughs> <laughs> everything. Yeah, but yeah, those, some, yeah, that's uh, one of my favorites. What were some snacks that you had as a kid that you still enjoy today as a as a grown grown adult man? Oh, man. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you give you my, my number cakes. one. Hostess any, any kind of hostess cakes. Um the little chocolate swirl rolls. I like those. Um the honey buns don't they done did something different with the honey buns. They, they don't taste now, the same. They nah, they different and they smaller too. Yeah, yeah. So I can't mess with the sun. Now I used to like the, the we used to call them nabs, the the Mexico cookies with the vanilla in the middle. Huh? The, the um, long pack of Nabisco um, cookies. Yeah, oh, yep. okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah and we just those. used to just call them nabs for short. Nabs for Nabisco, N-A-B-S. So we used to get Jeez. those, but they done shorten the packet 
on those. So I don't even see those anymore. But um, <laughs> but yeah, nah, yeah, those. Now what I used to like, but they don't do. You have to make your own as honey drippers. What's and that, that wasn't nothing but Kool Aid, frozen Kool Aid in a little styrofoam cup. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Probably had some vodka in there too. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, them honey drippers, man. I love the shoe. I throw down on them honey drippers. Yeah, why um, were they called honey drippers? Because in the old days they used to actually sweeten it with honey instead of sh- regular sugar. So they would put honey in there, and um, and I've had them with the honey, and it tastes just as yeah. good. That answer was um, a lot better than I thought it was gonna go. Yeah, same here. Same here. <laughs> I thought I was, I was thinking something, something else. When you said honey drippers. Nah, it ain't no, ain't no, it ain't no, ain't no, ain't no lady named Honey at the strip club. Oh, <laughs> ain't, no, man, ain't, like, ain't that Honey dripper. Edit this one. <laughs> <laughs> like, which direction are we going, Grab? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I used, yeah, man, I used to love those Honey drippers, man. And um, now, oh, one, one of my favorites, ice cream sandwiches. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. So those ice cream sandwiches were good. What kind of ice cream sandwich? Are we talking just chocolate straight, the long rectangle yeah, the long ones? straight with yeah. the chocolate and the vanilla. The I didn't vanilla. like that, that yeah. little okay. straw. I didn't like the strawberry. I just like the straight vanilla one with the um, chocolate on the out. Man, I would throw down on those all day long. Yo, when they came out with the mint chocolate chip versions of those, man... I don't know how you eat mint chocolate chip. I can't stand it. I hate mint, mint, mint chocolate chip. Well, that's okay. Mm. It doesn't like you either. Don't worry about you it. You know, like, <laughs> Smart I have me. no idea. Like, I have no idea. Like, mint chocolate chip, I can't do that, man. Like, but if they had anything with um, pralines and cream, that's my thing. Pralines and cream. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I was a rice pudding person, too. I used to like rice pudding. I still oh, do. Oh, no, you lost me, bro. Man, my, my mom be making those. Those are like absolute. Those are, damn, Griff, now you got me thinking. I might have to make her. Damn, I might have to tell her. <laughs> oh, yeah. Some. Rice no, I pudding. Actually, I, I actually, when Nasty. she came up, when, 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 when she came <laughs> up a couple months ago, I had her make it. Yeah, that, that goes back to one of those. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, Matthew. Go ahead, man. It's all good. <laughs> but yeah no, those are yeah that's pretty good that's pretty much that I can do that and then um, yeah I think pretty much everything that Griff talks about and then I think they call them Spanish limes I don't know if you guys look I up know Spanish what you're talking about. so yeah and, and, and Creole is called Kidnap those are amazing oh man it's like you gotta get them at the right when it's season it's like those are one thing I used to enjoy uh, when I grew up in Haiti. So it's like, man, I had to have it. Like, not one season go by without me having it. <laughs> yeah, I used to love them. I had family that would come back from Puerto Rico and they would bring some. Yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, that rice pudding, you remember how we talked about a couple of episodes? I have, you know, some mental blockages when it comes to food. Yeah. Yep. Rice and pudding do not go together in oh, my man. rice and beans. <laughs> That 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 goes together. <laughs> <laughs> Rice and pudding—that's a big no-no. Oh man, that good. Uh, and then oh, and then I love my flan, the Filipino. Man, yeah, I go to the Filipino, get some flan, anything custard, creme brulee. Oh my goodness, man! <laughs> you want to get on my good side, party people? If y'all want to get on my good side, 
get me some creme brulee with the little crusted um sugar on the top man shoot all right well party I'll people if y'all want to get if party you, people if y'all want to get on for free cute, if y'all want to get on cute good side you can send me cookies because that's cheaper than creme brulee and so it's shipping <laughs> <laughs> so take care of you before you take care of griff because i'm cheaper oh, man. i love crazy. chocolate chip cookies i think we talked about cookies before the the white chocolate macadamia nut and oh all yeah that. yeah yeah but i that thought out so man shoot I, I, think, I would actually sit there and make my own creme brulee. Matter of fact, I keep forgetting to do it. I keep forgetting to buy the little torch and everything. But I will. I, I've made you know, creme brulee. And y'all know one of my favorite during the holiday: the eggnog. Oh, oh my god! Uh, you know, I eggnog. I don't know how. You, I don't know how people have eggnog. I just can't. Shoot, man! I can't I wait can't. to the. I can't wait. As soon as November hit, man. Yep. That's I'll be taking thing. that bad boy to the head. Next thing, next thing you tell me, you're gonna be sitting there eating spoonfuls of cottage cheese or something, Griff. Come on, man. That's, that's just <laughs> nah, disgusting. I can't mess with the cottage. Well, only time I deal cottage cheese is if it's in lasagna. Nah, I'm passing on that one too. Yeah, I, I can. I, that's the only time I eat cottage cheese if it's in lasagna. Outside of that, I don't mess with it. Mm-mm. Yeah, you're not with it now. No, I pass on that. You know, I'm also a connoisseur of barbecue chips, man. I love me some barbecue chips. I try whenever I'm in a new area or something. And I see like a local brand barbecue chip. That's one of the first things I will grab. You know, if I stop at a gas station, I see something I ain't never seen before. I'm grabbing me a bag of barbecue chips. <laughs> you know that that falls hand in hand with French fries to me. And I think one of the other things that you know from my childhood that I still enjoy today. Actually, as soon as we're done recording this, I'm gonna go get me some. What? That's that cinnamon sugar toast. I'm gonna go make me some of that <laughs> <laughs> and enjoy before I brush my teeth and go to sleep. Hey. Yeah, that's definitely good. That's good stuff, man. You know, you, you you gotta have something, especially being out on the road all the time. You have to have mm-hmm. something where you can snack on, like you know, just anything. And if I could get and another thing that I like. If I stop by, let's say if I go to the store, grab pineapples, right? I on average I get about two pineapples a week. Wow. <laughs> mm. I'm sitting. Look, I have, I have. Oh no, I know we, but you know we got. Let me show you. That's how obsessive I am with pineapples, like candles. Okay. Pineapple, like so I have folks, he's holding up. A- Pineapple candles because candle. Matthew, they can't see you right now. I know, but no, nah, but I know, but I was showing it to you guys. And then I have like um bookshelf, like the end um piece as pineapples. It's I have a poster of a pineapple. It's crazy. Do you like, also have a poster <laughs> of SpongeBob? <laughs> well, I got I got something for y'all that I'm gonna now the audience, y'all can't see this, but I got to show the fellas. And this here is the the food, the one piece of food that I got to try. This right here. And um, it's called the Golden Opulent Sunday. It's a $1,000 ice cream. I think I've seen that on 2 chains. Uh, Jeez. Most expensive is Shizrot. Oh, yeah. Why is that $1,000? Because it's real gold gold in there, man. It's got gold flakes in it. Yeah, it's edible gold. Edible gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. You and I want this bad. Yeah, that bad boy looks good. 
That, look, yeah, that's what I want right there. Look, once I hit a hundred K in real estate in one month, I'll get you that. <laughs> <laughs> that's I'll what get I want. you that for five months straight. I'm serious, man. That's the ice cream because it got real masket, um, Madagascar vanilla. Yeah, I've, um, I've seen that before. Oh and, yeah, and what goes into making it, and then they fly in the ingredients daily. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's some some opulence stuff there. Yeah. So so is it one thousand dollars or a hundred thousand? One thousand. Okay, I'm about to. Say, I thought you said a hundred thousand. I'm like, nah, man, I'm about to go broke. <laughs> nah, man, a thousand dollars for a cup of ice cream. Yeah, you're still gonna go broke. Yeah. <laughs> I pay a thousand dollars for a cup of ice cream. Now they do have a ten thousand dollar one out there, but I ain't ready for that one yet. I'm sure they do. That, yo, they, uh, I'm sure they got a, a, a bottle full of air that costs a million dollars too, don't they? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> specialty air. <laughs> million dollar air. Uh, that's crazy. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine like, well, if you able to have a thousand dollar ice cream, you just say that you are financially stable. Imagine that going on vacation and if you're spending a week there, you're eating that every night. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's clear to say, look, you're on a whole nother level financially. No, I mean, that, that's cool. And I think we all got, kind of go through our balling phases. Like I've done that. Oh, yeah. when, you, when, when you go out, and you buying shots of Louis the Thirteenth? This is when I used to drink alcohol. You know, it's a buck fifty a shot. Um, <laughs> you know, when you when you out there balling on that level, you know things are just different. But it don't mean nothing, man. It's nice to splurge every now and then. But if that's the lifestyle, that ain't that's not really the lifestyle that I'm into. Some of y'all might be into it, and you know, I, I enjoy watching you guys on Instagram. Sort of, not really. <laughs> yeah, I kind of go back to the PPP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, maybe I get some PPP money, man. Get me some ice cream. Yeah, you know. That's what I'm going to do. Hey, if anybody out there got some PPP, some extra PPP money, let me get about let me get about three G's so I can get me some ice cream. Uh, that's it. <laughs> and I ain't that's sharing it. it with nobody, okay? So don't even ask. I ain't sharing... Nope. Not a drop of it with anybody. You just gonna see a picture of Griff with a spoon in his mouth going, mmm. <laughs> I'm serious, man. Shoot. All right, fellas, listen. I think this has been, uh, I think we're at that time. What do you, how yep. are you guys feeling? Yeah, we're yeah, we good, man. I think we are. Hey, this has been another great episode. Um, we weren't trying to bash any of the signing services earlier. We promise you, you know, we yep. love working with the signing services that we are continually doing businesses business with, and we'll continue to offer the best five-star quality services that we have been speaking about and we are known to have within this industry. So with that said, gentlemen, go ahead and say your goodbyes. All right. And if anybody out there needs some help understanding how to work with the signing services, hit us up. We'll be glad to help you out. Y'all have a good Absolutely. one. Peace. All right. I hope you guys have a great day. Be safe. And remember, it's not about perfection. It's about taking consistent action. All right, guys. So thank you for joining us again for this wonderful episode of Notaries Unsealed. Can't wait to uh, get to episode number six. This was episode number five. Uh, hey, guys. We're out of here. All right. Love you, Take the game over. We're home now.
down, we soldiers. Grip Mather in the the podcast, you can't hold us. Y'all heard the word, y'all heard the word. Grip Mather in the queue, yeah, we on the verse. So diverse, with no rehearse, that's how we work. Authentic when we give it, if we said it, then we meant it. Not to be confused, yeah, other people's views. They get it how they get it, and we get it how we do. Look, homie, this a whole different game. We got a whole different name, we in a whole different lane, yeah. We know the reason's sealed. This my everyday life. We know the reason's sealed. Every day I hustle out here living it right. We know the reason's sealed. Put the stamp down and step in front of the mic. Took the game over, we home now. We soldiers. Griff, Mather, and Q, the podcast, you can't hold us. We know the reason's sealed. Yeah.